Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, Kyle Madsen with you today. Here's what's going on with your San Francisco 49ers. 49ers going to practice, Kyle, as you probably know, since you uh, do the Candlestick Chronicles, you're the managing editor of the the Niners Wire? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They're going to practice today, Monday and Tuesday. They take Wednesday off, and per Nick Wagner, uh, Charvarius Ward says he is returning to practice today and is feeling good. Meanwhile, the 49ers looking at... uh, Possible veteran addition to their offensive line, according to Adam Schefter, points out that according to sources, uh, John Miller, <laughs> guard John Miller visiting the team. He became a free agent in March. He had spent the last couple seasons with the Panthers. So that's the latest on the 49ers who have to be feeling like, my goodness, when can we start the season? We've got this long, long stretch of days before we actually start the season against the Bears. A 17 days yeah. wow. to prepare for the Chicago Bears. And that's, that's, um, I think that if they're going to make an addition on their offensive line, they'll wait to see what cuts look like. And they have, I mean, you said it, they, they, they have such a long time before that opener that they have time to wait for cuts, see who becomes available and then, you know, make an addition and, and possibly plug that player in to get them ready for the opener. Aaron Banks was the left guard and Spencer Burford the right guard in the final preseason game, and that's the way on the depth chart uh, it lines up right now. So which of those two do you think Kyle Shanahan is most concerned with? Uh, which of those two uh, compels him and the 49ers to go out looking for guard help, in this case, John Miller? I think it's Aaron Banks. Yeah, it's pretty clear it's him. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he can't, <laughs> the fact that he couldn't crack the starting lineup last year at right guard where they needed help. Like Daniel Brunskill is is okay. And if he's your backup, like just just plug and play offensive lineman, you feel really good about your offensive line. What do you think of the texture the listener who refers to them as unskill and McFlinchy? You sure. like that? Does that work for yeah. you? Daniel Unskill and McFlinchy along the offensive line? Sure. That offended you, didn't it? You don't like that. It's just kind of lame. Wow. See, I thought it was kind of clever. I guess. But McFlinchy, like what what is that? I don't get it. Uh, well, I probably like, uh, you know, like, oh, false start. Does he get, is he, I'm trying to like, remember a time where I've been like, wow, Mike McGlinchey and his false starts. Huh? Okay. That just seems like, like a, like that you don't like that player. And that's fine because Mike McGlinchey hasn't been frankly a top 10 pick, but. So you're not going to be sharing this on the Candlestick Chronicles. No. All right. And Brunskill, like (laughs) he was a tight end in college. He moved to left tackle. He plays both tackle positions and has for the 49ers in in plug-and-play circumstances. He played some center. He's played right guard. He's started all 16 games at right guard last year. Like, if he sucked, they would probably not have him doing all that. Hmm. He's not great. Like, they need to get... he, he If he's starting on your offensive line, he's probably not, like, great, but there are way worse players you could have. Yeah. See, that's one of the things that made me more nervous about the offensive situation. I don't situation. think Daniel Brunskill's that good. Now I'm having to cape for him. This yeah. is stupid. Remember uh, the segment we had about... I'm when, out. I'm when out did, on when this. When did Kyle become a 49er apologist? I'm out on this. Interesting. The ideal um, offensive it line... keeps coming okay, back but, to that. But to the, to the unskilled thing, like that, yeah. that's... that's 
a good offensive line probably doesn't have Daniel Brown's skill on it. Okay. I was going to say, that's one of the things that made me a little more nervous about the offensive line is because I think after the Texans game, I think Kyle Shanahan said something like, well, you know, we didn't have Brunskill. It's like, oh my goodness. But be that as it may, it's a great story. I'm just really, to me, the center position, Kyle, I never played center. As you know, I was a quarterback at a high level of Leo right. Warner. I, it's a really important position. There's quite a drop-off we've got this year. But again, we all we know that. I don't mean to beat that dead horse. We all know that 49ers have some offensive line issues, especially right there, smack dab in the middle of it right now. Yeah, that's undeniable. And Jake Brendel actually was better than I thought he would be in the preseason, which bodes well. But again, he might not be good. We don't know. So I'm interested to see what it looks like week one. If they just roll with those, with the Williams, Banks, Brendel, Burford, McGlinchey, if he's healthy, at left to right. McGlinchey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop. But I'm, uh, yeah, I, how do they game plan around it? How bad is it really? Like, that's that's the other thing I'm interested in is like, okay, the offensive line's not very good, but to what level? Do you expect them to bring in somebody? I mean, John Miller coming in, that doesn't mean that he's going to sign or they're going to want to sign him, uh, bring him in this week. Do you have a level of expectation you can share with us as far as whether he's going to become a 49er? No. I have zero expect. Like, if he does, like John Miller, in his, he's started 84 games in seven years. If you go by PFF, which is the only site that really, like, like quantifies offensive line play, whether they do a good or bad job of it. I'm unsure, but typically if you look at their rankings, it's like, yeah, like those are, those are good offensive linemen. I, John Miller's bad. Like he's bad. That's why he's available right now. Right. 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 Offensive, all fairness. Good offensive line them. play is hard, too hard to come by for good offensive linemen to just be available. I think it was the, the late great John Clayton who, who pointed out a few years ago, we talk a lot over the years about, oh, there's a quarterback crisis. And he said, you know what there is? There's an offensive lineman crisis. And that's what the 49ers are dealing with right now. There aren't enough good ones. It's a really hard position. Yeah, well, and, and okay, so let's open this can of worms. That's a problem with the NFL's new, like, rules and for, for practice and, and how many hours you can practice and, and team drills and what you're allowed in OTAs. I get it's for player safety, which is good, but it becomes really hard to develop quarterbacks and it becomes really hard to develop offensive linemen in particular. And so you just get, it's, it's such a difficult thing to go. Okay. Not only are you making the jump from college to the NFL, but you're going to start as a backup and you're going to play your way up to that, that starter spot, but you're not going to get enough time to do it. And you just, so it's, it's tough, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's never been harder, I think, to to be an offensive lineman in the NFL. I think this is a really clever text from the five one zero because here we're talking about the Forty ers Oh, this is John Miller. Yeah, you can't overlook experience, but Fleming is a younger option. Very, very good text. That's the text of the day. That's a winner. Winner. That's the already. Winner. Yeah, that's twelve ten. You're declaring a yeah. winner. Yeah, because multiple winners possible, or is that it? Is that it? Is it over? Is is are we finishing? Everyone else is running for second place right now. Huh. Okay. Yeah, no, because no, that's a subtle. It's subtle. It's, I agree. It's terrific. It's funny. I just it's don't think we need to. When I first out here's how no here's how I know it's good. Third quarter. Here's how I know it's good because dude, I'm Steph right now. I'm I'm doing the ring thing in the third quarter, which was insane, by the way. Just a total maniac, that guy. Anyways, um, when I first read it, my first thought wasn't Dave Fleming. It was Fleming. Who? Oh, Dave. Oh, John Miller. Like, yeah. I had to put it together, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's when a joke is really a Yeah, best. the marble rolled around, fell in the yeah. hole, and then, yeah. yeah. Click. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't I think there, it's good. Wasn't the great Marv Fleming, wasn't he, an outstanding offensive lineman for the great Dolphin teams? I could be wrong about that. Speaking of practice, why are people getting so bent out of shape about Aaron Donald and how the Rams are handling this? Aaron Donald went <laughs> nuts during a practice with the Bengals. And I know I saw the video, but now the, the 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 NFL says, you know, we can't do anything. It was in practice. And the Rams say, we got it. We're handling the discipline. And some people are, maybe you're one of them, Kyle. Some people are just outraged. Some people want, how come the they need to really crack down on the, on, on Aaron Donald? Come on, why, why would they? He's one of their best players. Yeah. If the if you're leaving it up to the Rams, yeah, 
The Rams are just going to go, that'll be handled yeah, internally. Internally, we are handling it. Aaron, Don't we'd appreciate it if you don't do that anymore. All right, good. All right, yeah. yeah, Aaron, can but you write us, a write us a check? You pick the amount. We'll take whatever. Like, that... I am I am surprised that the NFL lets the teams legislate practices to an extent. Like there's rules that you can't violate in terms of like contact and stuff too early in the offseason. But the fact that it's up to the Rams to legislate what Aaron Donald does in a joint practice. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me. So you're telling me. You're telling me if Aaron Donald. I don't want to say Aaron Donald. You want to tell me Charles Omenahu. Niners defensive lineman during joint practices with the Vikings takes off his helmet and just blindsides Kirk Cousins in the head with his helmet and Kirk Cousins is out for the year. The NFL is not going to do anything at that point. Well, here's the difference. And fortunately, nothing like that happened. Mark Cuban said this years ago. I said it before Mark Cuban said it. So I'm not stealing from him. As I mentioned earlier with something Tim Calicami said, but here's the thing when a professional sports league, in this case, the NFL, when they suspend somebody, they find somebody, quite often they're doing it for appearances. They don't necessarily really care. They just want, we want all our players to play. We want our games to be as good as they can be. But we have to show sponsors and fans that we care about things that, you know what, we really don't care about. But if if something like that had happened, we would have to do something because there'd be so much outrage. In this case, we don't. Yeah, it looked terrible, but it was a practice. We don't have to do anything, and this is going to go away. That's the difference. If something terrible had happened, someone had been injured, I think the league would have had to have stepped in because, look, the the optics are so bad, we have to do something. We don't want to. In this case, they don't want to, and they don't have to, so they ain't doing anything. He swung two helmets violently at opposing players. Uh Uh-huh. That's lunacy. Yes. And I understand that the NFL and their rules mean they can't step in here. The fact that that is the rule is bananas. That is wild. From the uh, 925, hard to deny at this point, Donald has some anger management issues. Well, you know, I like to play in the NFL, everybody needs to be. Exactly my point. Doesn't mean it's great, but is it a surprise that a guy who's one of the best defensive linemen in the history of the NFL might get a little angry sometimes? No. It's not pleasant, but, maybe, okay, but, but when you look at that you, compared you, to everyday you, society, but I get, hello! I get a little angry sometimes. I've never... right When you bag on Terrence Long, mm-hmm. I want to rip the mic stand out and go to town, mm-hmm. but I don't. You swung one of your various MLB hats in my general direction once when I said something about that. Yeah, is this going to give you a concussion? No. What is that you have today? It's uh, a seal with a San Francisco hat on. Oh, San Francisco seals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but this is like a like a independent designer. Yeah. My grandfather played for the San Francisco Seals. Oh, that's cool. Briefly. Joe DiMaggio? Uh, no. Mm. I thought we were onto something there. <laughs> anyway, I, I know that it's, wow, this is terrible. Yeah, but it's professional football. And the reason they're not doing anything is because they don't want to do anything and they don't have to do anything. And if you're the Rams, certainly the Rams are not going to be, well, Aaron, we're, we're going to suspend you for a game because you, you things got out of hand there. I just don't know why people are surprised by any of this. Right. D- surprised? No. Like, there was no there was no world where the Rams were ever going to be like, we are going to take the moral high ground here. Right. Teams can't even take the moral high ground when their player does something off the field that is abhorrent. Why would they do it with something that happened in practice? Mm-hmm. Like that. That's mm-hmm. just, there was no, when I found out the league didn't handle any of that, it's like, oh, well, then nothing's happening. And okay. What would have been a suitable punishment if the league or the Rams, for that matter, had decided we have to do something about this? All right. Well, fine. There's a. We need well, to talk a, about games. The, here's here's a. We had Miles me. Garrett did this. Yes. To to Mason Rudolph and got ten. Yes, that's because the league had to do something because it was during a game and everyone saw it and everyone was talking about it. Everyone saw it on Twitter. It's a whole different thing. The whole nation didn't see it. I'm just saying. I I know you're right, but there just wasn't. They talked the about it on ESPN yeah. and showed also, video. Another fact factor here is that uh, Miles Garrett made contact. Right? 
And so I, did Aaron Donald. Uh, did he hit? Did there he was actually, a massive. There was a wall of human mass his, that yeah. he was did swinging he actually, helmets at. I'm not defending him, but I'm just saying from the standpoint of the league, one of the reasons they didn't have to do anything in the Ramton is because he didn't actually hit anybody, did he? I mean, maybe you know, brush somebody in the elbow or something. He didn't actually strike anyone, did he? With one of the swinging. Helmets. It sure looked like he did. Huh. Hmm. But in, in the case of Miles Garrett, we knew that he did. I just think that was it. It was much okay. more visible uh, what Miles Garrett did. By the way, I heard today, I think it was on the station driving in, there's a chance that the Browns are talking to Mason Rudolph. So Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett could be teammates? That would be incredible. <laughs> that would you know, be incredible. That's like Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook. Like them. That'll never teammates. happen. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. If that's where the Browns are, if the Browns are not interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, but they are interested in bringing in Mason Rudolph, they're a lost cause. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, from the 925, why is uh, Donald the outlier? Everyone else keeps their composure. Yeah, but he's Aaron Donald. So, and that's not right, baby, but he's Aaron freaking Donald. So, of course, the Rams are going to say, hey, big fella, let's not, maybe not do that again. All right. Okay, let's go. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's literally that, and but this is the thing: is any Rams player could have done this. Cam Akers, a running back, pick a pick a defensive back, pick a guy who's not going to make the team. They might, if it was a guy that wasn't going to make the team, they might have just to show, be like, "Hey, he's cut." But they were going to do that anyways. But anybody who's a starter, like nothing was ever going to happen to any of these guys. That's just that wasn't going to happen. I think Matt Millen actually did that with his helmet after a playoff game to one of the sons of the owners of the Patriots. And I think he connected. What? Yeah, I believe so. I have to look this up, but I remember seeing a picture of it. I think the Patriots had upset the Raiders in a playoff game. And I think one of the, the Patriots, uh, the son of the owner was giving Matt Millen um, some, uh, you know, some, some, give him a hard time about it. I think Matt Millen smacked him with his helmet after the game. Wow. All right. So quick Google search. I actually found sound of the news report that I want to use at some point. Um, I'll send this to you guys. Yeah. I'm really I excited for this. I've believe, never heard of this in my yeah, life. Yeah. I remember seeing the picture. And Matt Millen used to be with us uh, every week when we did the morning show here. He's a really great guy. Had some terrible health problems. And thank goodness he's okay. But yeah, I remember that. And I don't, I don't remember the league taking any action. Maybe he was fined or something. That's so wild. Yeah, and that would have been, what, late 70s? Right? Is that right? No, 1986. 86. Patriots GM Pat Sullivan tells the media that Raiders linebacker Matt Millen hit him with his helmet Pat after Sullivan, New England's yeah. playoff win in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I've never heard of this in my life. Did you see any pictures of it? No, but this is a rabbit hole that I'm going to fall down. Right. I'm done for the show. Yeah. Okay. See, see you guys. So, yeah. So my point is, something like that used to happen, and it was like, wow, did you see that? Okay, play on. That's really all this is, for better or worse, in today's NFL, when it happened in practice. As good as Aaron Donald is, it's a play on. Would it be yeah. a better place, a better league if it wasn't? I don't know, but that's where we are. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready and willing to forget about it and move on. Yeah, I, that's, let me be perfectly clear. I don't feel differently about Aaron Donald now. I just... I couldn't. My only shock in the situation is that the NFL holds no jurisdiction over what happens on the practice field. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That is, I suppose. You'd think that they would want. You think they want to be? They want to have that kind of jurisdiction, or is no, it safer because, for the lead guy? No, because yeah, nothing we can do about it. Yeah, yeah, right. And and yeah, I think Deniability so. But, but I feel like I feel like when joint practices, the league should be able to do a little something. Mm -hmm. a, little, a little something. Yeah, something, right. something. All right, so um, uh, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised. Yeah, some of the excuses people made were, "Oh, well, you can't have two teams that played in the Super Bowl face off in joint practices." Well, they scheduled something them. was bound to happen. They scheduled them. Yeah, I know, but I just think that's the dumbest excuse I've ever heard. Of course, the tempers are going to flare when you have that type of situation. Throw the records out when the Rams and Bengals face off, folks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. All the best uh, to everyone involved. The 49ers had those joint practices with the Vikings, and probably what happened there, Kyle, is much more significant than anything that happened in the 49ers preseason, but we didn't get to see any of that. Oh. Right? Yeah, pro maybe. Mm -hmm. Probably. That's what Kyle Shanahan says. Yeah. If Kyle Shanahan had his druthers, the Niners would do joint practices through the whole offseason, and that's what it would be, no games. But we don't.
Mm-hmm. Because we've got, we've got to have something on TV. Did you did you watch? I know you watch things differently because you're like you're working, literally working during the games. What did you think of the Amazon telecast? Assuming you saw it, because I thought it was like, do these people even know they're on the air? I thought it was really just awkward and disjointed, and it looked like these people had never worked together before. I was uh, I was I was very underwhelmed by by the broadcast. Yeah, I, I it felt like it definitely felt like. Herb Street and Al Michaels have some some gelling to do. Yeah, which is fine. That's no. I, well, I wasn't get a cup of coffee thing, together or thing, something. The thing I'm out on is the sideline interview mid game. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. There's no world where I want to hear Fred Warner or George Kittle talk over the Niner game while they also like half react to what's yeah. happening in that with, with Screechy Screecherson who doesn't seem to know that you have to have the microphone near your face or we can't if you have. Can't hear as well as if you have it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just little inexperience. I don't know. It was fun. It was it was fun. It takes a lot for me to be like out on a broadcast. I, I I'm so easy. Like just be. There's there are definitely people who enhance a broadcast more. Well, you're a broadcaster, so you appreciate it. You know how hard it can be. Sure, but yeah. but even the bad broadcasts, I'm never like that. Impacted my enjoyment of this game. That's net. I ne I don't think that's ever happened. I have a bias too built in. Maybe it's unfair, but I feel like Herb Street, I want a guy who played in the NFL. If you're going to have a football player on there, give me a guy who spent more time in the NFL, somebody who knows the NFL better than he does, somebody who's not known as a college analyst. Even Al Michaels at one point is like, well, nobody knows a college game as well as you do. Well, how about somebody who knows the pro game that well? Why isn't he in there with Al Michaels? So that's what I'm, that that was one of my, because I, I, I don't listen super hard during the games. But I felt like every time I tuned in, it was Herb Street talking about, well, in college, on oh, the college game, or the college game, well, man, he, when he was back at, at Notre Dame, it was like, oh, my gosh. And you can't dude, really blame him. No, that's what he knows. So that's what I'm interested to see is if that continues, then, again, it doesn't impact my enjoy. I'm going to watch. but You can always turn the sound off. Right. Yeah, just watch it muted or, or turn down where you're not focused as much on it. But... That's what I'm interested to see if at some point he starts talking more about like, well, that's something this guy did back in Philadelphia when he was under Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator. That's what I'm interested to see if he kind of grows in, in that aspect. But again, am I going to be like, I'm out on Kirk Herb Street. He needs to go. He sucks. No, I don't think he sucks. I just think, hey, give me somebody who knows the NFL better. And than I think Kirk he'll Herb get there. Does. I th he's a good I think he's a good color commentary. Like he knows what he's doing. So I, I don't I don't doubt that, that that'll come for him. Mm hmm. But you're with me on the chemistry or lack of between the two of them? It was weird. Yeah. It felt disjointed. Mm -hmm. It felt like Al Michaels, like Kirk Herbstreet won a contest and Al Michaels had to do a <laughs> thing with it. Yeah. I, I, mean, it's like, just, I was like, well, how much time is left here? Can we get this well, over Michaels with? Hey, how are you? I mean, Collinsworth, I know a lot of people hate Chris Collinsworth. I don't. I think Chris Collinsworth does a, a nice job. And there are some things he does and says that I'm, that, but as a, as a whole on a broadcast, it's like, yeah, Collinsworth adds to the broadcast. So Al Michaels is used to working with guys like that. And now he's got this guy who's a college Yahoo who he's never worked with before. Or sorry, a college Amazon who he's never worked with before. Like that's I, I could see I could see it taking a while for them to really mesh. Mm -hmm. So they had at halftime uh Carissa Thompson's on with uh Ryan Fitzpatrick and Richard Sherman and Tony Gonzalez. And then at one point the sideline reporter was talking uh to uh, Andrew Whitworth, and so all these people are on the broadcast at some point. All these NFL guys, why can't one of them be in the booth? Can you imagine Richard Sherman with um, with Al Michaels? I think that would be Maybe. kind of an X-factor deal that I, okay. I would like to I, hear what happens. I, I, I think that color commentary is so much different than sitting there answering questions or providing analysis of a half of football that's happened. So I think because... There's a there's a cadence and a rhythm to it and and knowing when to knowing when to jump in. I just broke my pen. Oh, knowing man. when to jump in and and what to say and how long to go in that internal timer where it's like I have ten seconds. I gotta get it out here. There's a there's a significant learning curve that I'm not sure. Yeah, Thirty two seconds, by the way. I'm not sure Sherman would have cleared in this offseason. Maybe eventually, but not this year. All right, I guess so. I just think we could have done better than Kirk Herbstreit. You're right. We'll have to wait. And we'll have to give everybody time. And it was just a preseason game. Well, they, they tried yeah. with Sean McVay and, and John Lynch, and they both said no. So they tried. Do you remember I when think. Lynch was doing games? He was really good. Yeah, he was very Fox. good. Yeah. yeah.
For sure. Mm-hmm. There had to be somebody else out there. Someone who actually played in the NFL. Six that's seconds. all. That's all I'm saying. Coming up next, the Jimmy G situation. <laughs> yeah, that Jimmy G situation uh, comes into very juicy focus next. Whitey Gleason, Kyle Madsen, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Thanks for being with us today. Having a lot of fun and uh, learning a lot here from, uh, of course, from you on the text line, Comcast Business Text Line, 888-957-9570. I'm always dispensing wisdom. Where we're lear- learning a lot about, especially the 49ers from from Kyle Madsen. Uh, Got to ask you first things first, though, Kyle, here as we get going here in this segment, uh, House of the Dragon tonight, episode two. You in? You out? You still All deciding? Are you? Yeah. I'm not so self-righteous. I am, but not so much so that I was like, the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, I'm never consuming Game of Thrones content again. <laughs> like, if that's how you want to be, fine. But I'm not that way. I didn't I didn't think the last two seasons of Game of Thrones were awesome, but House of the Dragon first episode was really, really good. Wasn't Game of Thrones overall kind of like um, the 2014A season? Where it's like, this is great. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then, oh, what happened? They trade Cespedes. They got beyond the, the books yeah. that uh, Martin had written. And then by the end, you're losing a wild card game yeah. to the Royals. Sure. That's good. Yeah. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. And that was not, I was not taking a shot of you as an A's fan. I know you think I always do that here, but that's no, no, that's good. Me. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. It's or the fair. 2016 Giants season, for that matter. It's like, first half, I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's like, oh, my goodness. Man, then lose the Cubs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Eventual World Series champion Cubs. Mm-hmm. You believe that was six years ago? That was six seasons ago. It seems like longer than that for the Cubs, doesn't it? It's like that's just a distant memory yeah, that this team was really any good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're all in. Yeah, one of my daughters, uh, Lonnie, watches that. She said, I, "I she really liked the original." She said, "Didn't really want to watch this one, but I watched the first one, and it, it, it kind of held my interest." And at one point, she said she was even yelling at the television. See, yeah, see, uh-huh. it's intent. Like it's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of characters, I hear. Well, that's just how Game of Thrones works. It's yeah. just info dumps. Mm-hmm. So so that's why it took me so long to get into Game of Thrones the first time. Is because the first like two or three episodes, that's what it is. Just downloads of information. That's what Chuck was saying last week. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. It's just, here's all these characters. So, subtitles help. Um, Googling judiciously. Like, so you're not getting spoilers. Um, helps just to put names to faces. But, uh, yeah, I'm in. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of characters, but it was just fun being back in that world. I'd forgotten how, like, bloody and gory that show is. So I heard there just, was one scene it's in very that dark. First episode is like, well, you might not want to watch it. Yeah, I don't. How, OK, I don't know what it was, but everyone I've talked to who's it's, seen it it's said, dark. yeah, you, you'll know it when it comes up. Yeah. And you just kind of know it's coming. Oh, OK. And 
so it's just all kind of and then it's somehow like when it starts happening it's even worse and it's just like oof. it's like so someone eats like bad yogurt or something you're like oh yep that's like it that. okay yeah <laughs> i didn't mean to give it away yeah. spoiler alert yes or someone's like drinking beer out of a hot dog straw something oh like that God. can you believe that not the fact that that guy talking beer and hot dog straw guy now not the fact that he did it necessarily because i'm all for innovation yeah there were two things that bothered me one how nonchalant he was about it if i'm doing a move like that i am looking around at everyone <laughs> And trying to like act like I'm not doing that thing. That, but he was just out there in front of God and everybody liked it. The other, this is the most problematic thing to me. Hot dog and beer guy. Was when he stuck the straw through the hot dog and then nibbled the little hot dog bits out of the end of the, th out of the, end of the straw. Delicious. <laughs> like I know it's just hot dog and straw. Yeah, but, what's but, the difference? But it's just like so eating a hot dog's fine, but eating it out of a straw, you can't, you can't stomach. It's the fact that doesn't it's make just any the, sense. It's the, it's the way he just like looked at it. It's so weird. It's so weird. Huh? It's so weird. Yeah. But if and you I just don't think understand. about it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I that don't one. understand. I don't understand. Does he order a hot dog? No bun. Does he eat the bun separate? And is a hot dog so cumbersome? <laughs> that you have to combine those two things and you can't go bite a hot dog drink of beer like a yeah. you know <laughs> normal person you know, i don't want to put it down here it's a very unsanitary uh i know yeah did you see that a pft commenter of barstool sports made a bowl out of it and called it a pot dog wow it's and weird. you're all for that right that that that's you can funny. stomach that's that you funny. can do that's really funny yeah anyways mm -hmm. yeah big fan of innovation Okay. Yeah. Huh. Um, which is more unsettling to you? That that guy nibbling hot dog bits out of his straw or the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo leading the Seahawks in a Levi's week two against the 49ers? He won't do that. I didn't ask you whether he would do it or not. Which which would be more harder to stomach for you? The, the hot dog thing for sure. <laughs> what Jimmy Garoppolo does with his career doesn't, doesn't I don't care. Like go be do your thing and do do that. I feel like this is the fifteenth time that I've had this conversation with you, but aren't we close now to getting to a point where it's done? Where Jimmy now is he's wherever he's gonna go and that's over? This all Jimmy, 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 for another trade, are they gonna trade or what are they gonna do? That we're very close now to being through to having yeah. a hot dog. Uh, clear, <laughs> clear the opening all the way through the hot yep, dog. We're ready to yeah. we're ready to Whew. suck down some Bud Light through that Nathan's all beef, Frank. Can't wait. Finally, I need Joey Chestnut to weigh in. Like, is that like a bastardization of the hot dog? Where he's like, "What is that?" Or is he like, "Wow, hot dog innovation at its finest"? Yeah, I need to know. Got to be the latter. I think so too. Yeah. I think he's very, very open food-wise. That's what I thought the guy was doing at first. When I first saw this, the video, I thought, he's dunking his hot dog in beer. I didn't realize what he was actually doing. Yeah, that no, was, it's, it's really, really tough. Yeah. But yeah, as far as Jimmy goes, like he's going to go where he's going to go. And whether it happens on August 30th at that cut-down deadline, or whether it happens September 10th, the day before he, he his, his salary is guaranteed, like it's just it, it, it's felt like it's going to go this way for, for a while. So cool, man. Like, go do your thing. But when he comes back, I'm not going to have some like visceral reaction to it. Hmm. Based on the reporting, such as it is from some really uh, substantial people like Matt Miyoko, uh, and I think it's one of the various Lombardis uh, writing about this as well. I I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up with Seahawks. I think it's Mike Lombardi, and you, you referenced that earlier. I'll be surprised if he doesn't end up with the Seahawks. Yeah, there's not the other the other two teams that really make sense. Dolphins? No. You don't think that makes sense? Okay. No, I think they're gonna roll with Tua and Teddy Bridgewater and feel okay about it. The Lions are interesting because I think Jimmy's better than Jared Goff. And if the Lions fancy themselves like contenders in a down NFC or down NFC North, then they might want to improve. Question. So that's one that sticks out to me. Okay. Um, do we have any indication that the Lions are interested? No, interested. no, 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 okay. no, no, no. But in Jimmy this world, would probably not. That probably wouldn't. You think Jimmy would even consider that? If the Lions went like, "Hey, we'll let you start when you're ready," yeah, 
I think so. I think he'll 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 consider any team that's going to let him start, and then at that point, it might just be who's going to pay him the most. Um, okay, so the Lions are one. Yeah, and then the Steelers. The Steelers were the team when the offseason started that just always made the most sense to me. It's a really good defense. They're extremely well coached. I couldn't think more highly of Mike Tomlin, and and they have a good run game. I'm and glad I think, to hear you say that because he gets a bad rap from a lot of fans, and I think you're absolutely right. He's in, he's a very very good coach. He's incredible. So, uh, yeah, I just, Garoppolo is better than what they have with Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Mitchell Trubisky. And if they think Mitchell Trubisky can get it done with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Najee Harris, if they think he can get it done, they should absolutely think Jimmy Garoppolo can. Mm-hmm. And that that's why the Steelers always stuck out. Prior to Garoppolo having this surgery and the Steelers signing Trubisky and, and becoming that, but if they've if they've not been impressed with what they've seen in the preseason, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they tried to lure him over there. If you were Jimmy Garoppolo, which I don't think it's hard to imagine because there's a lot of similarities, but let's say Seattle's interested, you get you get released at some point. Seattle's interested, but also you have an idea that maybe I wait and see if someone gets hurt somewhere, and maybe a situation uh, better than anything I could dream of falls in my lap. Um, would you wait it out, or would you jump on the Seahawk bandwagon, figuring that? Uh, well, you said he's not going to play against the 49ers in week two, huh? I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think so, right? If he gets cut, let's I say he gets cut August so bad. I want to see it so badly that I don't want to give up on that. I think it'd just be great drama. Oh, it would, for sure. Like, the storyline's incredible. Yeah. But let's say they cut him August 30th. He has to get to see, He has to get to Seattle. He has to sign a contract. Okay, now you're at August 31. Let's say he's practicing September 2nd. That gives him... 16 days to be ready to play in a game for your team. Like that's, they do run a similar offense, right? They have the new yeah. coordinator who last yeah, year. Shane went Waldron. Yeah. Yep. And so they're running the Lafleur McVay. He was Sean Shanahan. McVay's passing game yeah. coordinator yeah. prior to yeah. becoming the Seahawks. Taylor. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, for sure. But there's just 16 days to, he hasn't had an off season at all. Like he's just, he's been doing his throwing program to recover from surgery. So he has to like take hits and he has to get into football shape and like there's there's such a there's a process that goes into being ready to start for a team and be better than what they have. I just don't think he could do it in in 16 or 17 days. Hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. I I wouldn't bet on it though. I think it's possible, but it hinges on where he is, and we have no idea. You know, it he also, may say, "Yeah, I can do it." Or he may say, "There's no way I could be well, ready that quickly." Yeah, and 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 also to that point. It depends on what they think of Drew Locke and Geno Smith. If Geno Smith comes out and lights it up in week one, and they have Jimmy Garoppolo and they're waiting, they're not going to just throw Jimmy in there to be like, okay, hey, hurry up. Is it possible that they think more highly of either of those two guys than they do of Jimmy Garoppolo? No, I don't think so. I don't either. If they're signing Jimmy, it's to be their starter. It's not to compete with Geno Smith or or Drew Locke. It sounds like Geno Smith's going to win that battle. Yes. So let's just say Geno Smith... If the, he goes out, what and does that tell up, you about Drew Locke? Yeah, wow, he stinks. So, so if Smith goes out and lights it up in Week One, they're not just going to force Jimmy Garoppolo into the game just to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think eventually they would like him to become a starter, but they're not going to go, "Hey, you're not ready," and our QB one just lit it up. But go out there anyways. That, but if Smith conversely goes out and stinks in Week One, and Jimmy's like, "Yeah, I might be able to do it," then maybe they they force him. In there. Oh, it's going to happen. I okay. just want to see it so badly. And by the way, thank you, Brian. Our producer points out that it is uh, confirmed. Pete Carroll has announced that uh, well, we just think Gino's uh, going to be our starter. It's really cool. We think he's going to do a good job. So anyway. That, is that's, that a good Pete Carroll? No. I it's haven't listened a, to Pete it's Carroll It's more of a caricature than supposed to be an actual, like, you know, Caliendo-esque mm-hmm. imitation. When Pete that's Carroll, it's, it had a little Reagan to it. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> what, is that yeah, Julio but, Franco or Julio? When... <laughs> What no, just like when I when Pete Carroll talks, I just hear this kind of like eh, noise in my head. Ah, and that's all I hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm out on Pete. Yeah. He stinks. Good coach though, right? No, I'm out on him as a yeah, coach. We'll find out. I think he's overrated. How good of a coach he I is. I think he's overrated. Yes. He got lucky with Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and who is their who's their free safety? Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas pretty like, good. Like they got they got Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, and they got so lucky building that defense. Not lucky. They built the exact right defense and then got lucky with Russell Wilson falling to them in the third round. And they 
Russell Wilson carried them. If Pete Carroll were a better coach, would they have won the Super Bowl against New England? Maybe. Can we really put that on the head coach, though? I know he's a head coach, and like, oh, yeah, it's my responsibility. Well, he wants— Yeah, it was Bevel, right? The offensive coordinator. Yeah, Daryl Bevel call. also stinks. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, that that That's, you know, depends a little bit. I mean, you would have to go back and— th- Pete Carroll just so adheres to this, like, style of football that just right. doesn't run, pretend to run, winning run, run. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like run on first down, run on second down, throw on third down when you have to. And I just don't think you can you can consistently win like that anymore. And so I just I I wouldn't be surprised if Pete Carroll never has a record over 500 again. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the last few years for the Seahawks to just fall off the map. They finally did last year, mm-hmm. but I got to give credit. Still beat the Niners twice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, this year, last year, and this year, we'll see uh, what happens there. But I would love for Jimmy to end up there just to see what happens in those two games uh, against the 49ers. I was thinking of this driving in today, um, you know, a few years ago when every NFL team was going out of their way to hire anybody as a head coach who even uh, was Facebook friends with Sean McVay, right? It's like anybody in that group, um, oh, we got to have him as a head coach. Every Anybody who had ever had a cup of coffee or a sandwich with Sean McVay, all of a sudden it's like, we got to get him as our next head coach, mm-hmm. okay? But look at last year. McVay wins the Super Bowl over Zach Taylor, who is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shanahan, was uh, he got his team, the 49ers, to the NFC Championship game. LaFleur's had a lot of success uh, with Green Bay. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe there is something about that offense that is that far ahead of the curve, that is that top-of-the-line offense right now that is allowing some of these teams to be some of the best teams in football. I I almost feel like I shouldn't have scoffed the way I did at some of these hirings. Yeah, and and maybe, like... Mike LaFleur, like we don't we don't know what he is as a head coach. Like there there's more to a head coach than just like the offense. But I think this style of offense is just so dominant right now that yes. it helps. Yeah. It definitely helps. But also I thought it was ridiculous at the times. Like, oh but like, come on. But, but, but wow. That, I think I think the Bengals, just to your point about Zach Taylor, I don't know if Zach Taylor's a good coach. Is that a like, great quarterback, right? Yeah, Joe Joe Burrow was really good. Uh Jamar Chase came out of nowhere. I don't want to say came out of nowhere as a first round pick, but there were all those preseason uh, takes because he was having trouble with his hands in the preseason. It's like, oh, Jamar Jamar Chase can't catch, and then he goes and has the best rookie season of all time. They they overcame a lot. Like the Raiders, they had needed a goal line stand to beat the Raiders at home. They went to Tennessee and had to overcome nine sacks of Joe Burrow because Ryan Tannehill kept throwing the ball to the wrong team. Uh, so that that's why they that's why they were able to win that one. And then the Chiefs, the wheels just entirely mm-hmm. came off in mm-hmm. the second half. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Mahomes and that offense looked like they'd never played together before. So I wouldn't say like, oh, Zach Taylor and the the Shanahan offense got yeah, the Bengals to the prom. Yeah. So that's a, but uh, a guy like like Matt Lafleur, the Packers head coach, like he's had Aaron Rodgers, and you have to be a good coach to win thirteen games consistently, but. Like, how good are you if you're continually falling short in the playoffs? So, I don't... Mm-hmm. I think it's good, though. Like, teams want to hire offensive coaches. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of the right move in the modern NFL. What do you think separates Kyle from the rest of that pack? Because everyone talks about he's so... Uh, such a creative play caller. Not everyone. There are some that say, you know, he's really overrated as a play caller. But given that group of coaches and all the success they've had, again, uh, Taylor and McVay... Uh, Floor in Green Bay, uh, and then uh, Kyle Shanahan. What separates him from the rest of the that bunch? Uh, the Niners roster has been pretty good. The there's there's a like player relationship aspect that I think matters a lot. Hmm. And one of the things that jumps out to me with Shanahan as a coach, and I think he has some some pretty significant faults as a coach. And I'm interested to see if having a quarterback that he's like handpicked changes this at all. I think short yardage situations he's not always great. I think that. In in like fourth down situations, he's he's not always great just in terms of his decision making and his play calling in those spots. But in 2017, when that team was not very good, and in 2018 after Garoppolo was hurt and they were just playing out the string, those players were playing hard. They wanted to win every single game, and I think that's a reflection of the head coach I and agree the coaching completely. staff. Completely, yeah. So that that's where I think Kyle Shanahan kind of gets this. I think he gets a lot. A, the players are really good, and B, I think he gets a lot out of those players. 
49ers are going to win a lot of games this year, aren't they? Assuming they figure out even halfway the offensive line issues. I think if they don't get back to the conference championship game, I know there are a lot of things that can happen, and if there are terrible injuries or something, you'd understand. But if they're reasonably healthy, I think anything short of a trip back to the NAC title game would be a failure this year. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think you, I wouldn't call it a failure because just so many weird things can happen in a playoff game. Because in a one and done, it any anywhere that maybe you know maybe they get. Robbie Gold misses a field goal and whoever they're playing against has a short field and they go down and they kick the game winning field goal and like that's not like disaster everything like eh, okay mm-hmm. game didn't didn't swing their way maybe 49er <laughs> apologists what I tell you the Niners no, beat the sorry. Niners beat the Packers in Green Bay with no offensive touchdowns mm-hmm. because they blocked a field goal and then blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown uh, it's called football it's called special teams totally so, no, but things like that can happen where it's not like, wow, this season was awful. If they miss the playoffs, though, if they go 8-9 and nine or 9-8 nine and eight and they miss the playoffs, then it's like, man, that's a bad, bad look. Yep. They're, they're too talented. They're too good. Like I know they have holes on the offensive line and they have an inexperienced quarterback, but that inexperienced quarterback was the third overall pick last year. They had a plan to move forward with him. It's like, dude, they've committed to this. If this doesn't work, I don't care about, oh, Trey Lance this, Trey Lance that. Like, no, they picked him. He needs to be good. I think Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, or even the offensive coordinator, we know no matter what happens, his reputation, uh, unassailable uh, into the future, that he's an offensive mastermind. But if Trey Lance is not the player that we thought he would be, that the 49ers hope he would be, then I think Kyle Shanahan, the uh, talent evaluator, it may be finished. I don't know that any team is ever going to want him. I think it's yeah. that important. Yeah. Because yeah, this I, is his hand-picked guy. I think so, too. And I think that's why Trey Lance can't just be, oh, if he can just be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, can he just like, no, man, It do- he has to be way better than that. Yeah. He has to, at the end of, let's see, hang on. So they have... They drafted him in 21, which means 22, 21, 22, 23, 24. So 25. They have him through 25 with his rookie contract because they have that fifth-year option. If by 2024, they're not like blank check, whatever you want, if there's any question about whether he's their long-term option at quarterback, this is a failure. Like, he needs to be a franchise. When you trade three first-round picks to move up to number three, and you're handpicking this guy with your head coach who's known for getting the most out of your Matt Schaubs and turning Matt Ryan from a good quarterback to an MVP and getting the most out of Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's what he's known for, and he gets to handpick his guy, and that guy is not an all-pro caliber player, that's a swing and a miss. When you look at that draft class with the outstanding crop of QBs, where are we right now, Kyle? Trey Lance, mm, who knows? Mac Jones, uh, promising last year, but they've had some offensive issues this year in camp. We don't know where they are. Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. He's probably going to be good. Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields. I mean, where do you think we are with this draft class? This highly touted draft class that was supposed to be full of potentially great quarterbacks. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think Trevor Lawrence, so I'm... People, again, smarter than me, have said that Trevor Lawrence was better than his numbers indicated last year. I think he's going to be great if he yeah, has and any fact, chance to whatsoever. The thing I'm looking at is how disastrous that coaching hire was with Urban Meyer. That is just an impossible situation. Coaching matters too much in the NFL to have arguably the worst one in NFL history yeah, yeah. be your coach. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson had his falling out or whatever in Philly, but Doug Peterson can coach, I think. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good. I think even when he, you know, you see him in college before he was ready to graduate, you could see that that guy's going to be a great quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he's he just he kind of has it, and I I just I, I believe in him. Mac Jones, that was the problem with Mac Jones is like he might be really good out of the gate, but where's the seal? Like, is he going to? And that's kind of what it felt like. He hasn't been great this preseason, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. And the Patriots are a, a. I thought nothing that we see in the preseason matters. No, well, that's what I'm saying. That's kind of what I'm... Okay, hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. Sorry. Nobody's watching out there. You're looking out the window. Nobody's <laughs> no, down there. There is a guy walking but, by. <laughs> the guy's walking by really looking watching. up. He's like, what's this guy's deal? <laughs> no, but but no, but that's that... Okay, but that's it. Like, the Niners' offensive line isn't good. I'm putting a pin in that. Like, I'm going to watch that in the regular season to see 
I'm putting a pin in the Mac Jones thing. Like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. If and may, maybe he's maybe he's fine, but I don't think he's ever going to be like, wow, Mac Jones is great. Um, if I had a friend who had a Mac Jones rookie card that's worth right now like two hundred dollars, and presumably would go up or down depending on what Mac Jones did, would you? recommend that my friend sell the Mac Jones card now while he or she can for a lot of money or hang on to it um, in hopes that Mac Jones becomes just, you know, a great quarterback, in which case, oh, I mean, that thing will be worth maybe close to a thousand dollars or more in the future. Asking for a friend. I'd sell. Would you? Yeah, I think so. I'm just not, I, I don't, I wasn't super wowed by Mac Jones at any point last year. And also, I'm not sure how much longer Bill Belichick's going to be coaching. Matt Patricia, the former defensive coordinator who was with the Lions as a head mm -hmm. coach and is now back in New England, is going to be their offensive coordinator. Belichick can't figure out the wide receiver position. Like, there's just a lot of things that could really go wrong in New England. What about Justin Fields' future? You see him as a, he's going to be a dynamic quarterback, the Bears quarterback of the future. Maybe. Like, he's super talented, but I don't trust the Bears. I need to see it with the Bears. Uh, to they me, hired a defensive head coach. To me, you could say the same thing about um, Zach Wilson and the Jets, too. It's like, uh... I'm, I think if I'm ranking them, I'm going Lawrence 1 in terms of, like... Likelihood that to, they become great? Yeah. Okay. Lawrence 1... Agree? I'm going to go... Probably Lawrence and then Fields and then Jones just because Fields' ceiling, I think, is higher. Uh, and then And then Zach Wilson... And where would Trey be in there? I'd have him second. Oh, I'll pro mm. I'm with you on those, but I if we need to fit Trey in there, I have him second. Yeah, if we're going off like potent, yeah, yeah, just where where I think they could go potentially, yeah, that's that's fair. All right, coming up next here, we haven't talked about the NBA much. Uh, we've got bad news here for one of the Warriors' top rivals. That's next. Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason, ninety-five-seven. The game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 